Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Zoe Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We are today coming out of Luke chapter 2, verse number 8, and talking about the gift of Christmas. This is from God, and it's to you. I want to thank every person that helps us get the message of Jesus around the world. If you'd like to begin partnering with us, go on to our website, and you can start to give there, or text Zoe to 77977. And I also want to give a special thank you to every person that helped give in the Heart for the House offering. It's not too late for you to do that. You can give there online. Thank you so much. And thank you to every person that likes, subscribes, comments, and shares these messages. It means the world to our church. I'm very excited. This is the last Sunday of 2022. We're going to have a Christmas Eve service. We'll put out that message soon. But this is our last Sunday here in Los Angeles. So let's jump in to this week's message from God to you. Luke chapter 2. Go there in your Bible. Luke chapter 2. I'm going to conclude today. This is the last in-person service of the year. And uh, actually tonight is the last in-person service of the year. Tonight is our candlelight like Christmas production service tonight. And the reason why it's tonight and not on Christmas Eve is because we made a commitment that we would not do set up and tear down on Christmas Eve. It's too much on the volunteers. And we don't want to do that to our volunteers. And so we said we're not going to do that until we get a building. So next Christmas Eve, we're going to have church together, okay? When we're in our building next Christmas Eve. So tonight's like our big Christmas production. If you can come back, that will be our final service. But I want to preach kind of a, a Christmas message to you this Sunday so you understand the significance or the meaning, the reason for Christmas. There's an old saying uh, when I was growing up in church, Jesus is the reason for the what? Jesus is the reason for the season. And, and it was always kind of my parents' job to kind of keep Jesus as the focal point. And all the Home Alones and the candy canes are great and everybody loves Elf. But my parents were always trying to keep Jesus as the main reason for all of the hoopla. The reason why the party is so big for Christmas is because Jesus is worthy of celebration. So when this guy was born, remember Jesus is not a prophet. Jesus is not a good man. Jesus is the Messiah of the universe. And so he shuts down the whole world for his birthday party because a prophet couldn't do that, but Christ could. And so we're going to celebrate, but I want you to understand the significance of the celebration. Watch here, Luke chapter 2, and watch what it reads. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared to you. I want to remind you that God's, God, God's plan to show up in your life always happens suddenly. He doesn't tell you next Tuesday at 1 o'clock, I'm going to show up. He just suddenly gets a hold of you. He suddenly gives you a word. He suddenly redirects your life. He suddenly breaks that chain. He suddenly gives you vision. He suddenly provides. Anybody thankful for the suddenly plan of God? These guys are just out in the field trying to watch Argentina and France. <laughs> suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them in the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, man, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. It, it, let me just emphasize that this joy was not meant for just a few. 
the gift of Jesus is for all. So this great joy will be for all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. This is like a Huggies commercial. (laughs) Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others in the army of heavens, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. I want to preach a message today. Write down the title. It's called From God to You. From, this is from God to you. See, what I'm, what I'm trying to convince you today is that the gift of Jesus is from God and it's to you. It's to your family. It's to your household. It's from God to your situation. It's from God to your sin. It's from God and it's to you. Your name is on it. I don't know what your family does for Christmas, but we believe in what the Bible teaches. So on Christmas Eve, we open one present. And on Christmas morning, we open the rest. Are there any God-fearing people in this service that do the same? You're blessed and highly favored of the Lord. But there's nothing like, I don't know if you do this, in our house, we appoint a Santa. And so on Christmas morning, there's somebody, their job is to each round of gifts to make sure everybody gets a gift And we go like youngest to oldest, and everybody gets to open a gift. I don't know if you've ever had the delight or the pressure of playing Santa. But when you play Santa, you you start to learn all the presents that are under the tree. And your job is to kind of make sure it's evenly distributed. Your job is to kind of make sure everybody gets blessed and everybody gets taken care of. I don't care what anybody says. Low key, the whole time when you play Santa, you're just trying to make sure you know where all your packages are. You know what I'm saying? Like you know where all, all the ones that have your name on it. You're like, okay, these are the ones from Julia. These are the ones from my parents. Okay, because you keep track. I don't know if you remember growing up, but it used to be a competition between my siblings who got the most gifts. You, am I preaching to anybody? You know, like when, when you finish wrapping all the stuff and you're walking back to your room with your collection and, 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 and your stocking stuffers and you're like, hey, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Good year for me. <laughs> nice list. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but you really only care about the tags or the gifts that have your name on it. I want to tell you this Christmas, it is from God, it is to you. Your name is written on this gift. This gift was not given to just people in Africa, Asia, South America. It's given to you. It's given to your address and your family. It is the gift of the Messiah, the Son of God, the hope for the ages, the one that the prophets foretold of. It is a gift to you. This gift, I got to encourage you, is best used if you engage with the gift. It's not a gift to look at and to behold alone, but it's a gift to enjoy. It's a gift to believe is for yourself. Jesus was sent from God on your behalf. He was sent by the Father. Jesus was not his idea. He was the Father's idea. And God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son that if anybody believes in him, they will not perish. Jesus came on this earth and lived a blameless life for 33 years. At the end of his life, nobody took his life. He gave his life. 
And he gave his life and he rose from the dead and went back to the Father. And today he is still ministering the same message of good news. From the announcement of the angel to the announcement this morning, it is still good news. Jesus has never changed his mind and he's never changed his narrative. He's a good God bringing good news. In fact, I just want to encourage you with three things today. Jesus came as this gift to do three things. The first one is he came to rescue you. He came to rescue you. And you might be like, well, I didn't know I need rescuing. Fam, you needed mad rescuing, okay? You needed rescuing from your sin. You needed, you needed rescuing from your rebellion. You needed rescuing from yourself. You needed rescuing from death. When Jesus came, he defeated sin, death, and the grave. And he rescued you. You didn't pull yourself out of that pit. God did. Jesus rescued you. You couldn't even see. And Jesus removed the scales. You were lost. You didn't find yourself. Jesus found you. In fact, the Bible says it this way. Jesus, this gift is so good that he leaves 99 church folk, 99 saved people, and he goes, finds the one that is lost. He rescues them. And what does he do when he rescues them? Does he beat them over the head and shame them? No, he brings them back home. He brings them back into the fold, just like he did with you and just like he did with me. He rescues us because we don't know what to do. We don't know which way is up. We don't know what to do with our lives. But Jesus, by his grace, came near. The reason why we love God is because he first loved us. Oh, I love this scripture. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace... You have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. So in other words, he said, I rescued you. You didn't work your way into salvation. You didn't give your way into salvation. You didn't serve your way or love your way. into. You believed your way into being saved. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is called the divine order. Jesus comes before us. Grace, by the way, is not a principle. Grace is a person. I like to say it this way. Grace has a name and his name is Jesus. Jesus comes. For it is by Jesus you are saved through your faith in Jesus. But it's always Jesus that rescued you. Jesus that called your name. Jesus that loved you. Jesus that helped you. Anybody thankful today that Jesus said, I didn't come for the for the saved. I came for the lost. I came for the, it's not those that are healthy that need a physician. It's those that are sick. And in your sickness, in your blindness, in your deadness, in your wandering, God rescued you. Anybody thankful today that he doesn't commit to rescuing you one time? He's not a one and done God. He's an everyday God. I love Psalm 119. Psalm 119 says, seek me, for I'm like a lost doe that has gone astray. In other words, when you wander, God doesn't turn his back. He goes to rescue. And what does he do to rescue you? He showers you with love. He showers you with blessing. He showers you with goodness because he's on a rescue mission. Oh, I love this next verse. Look at this, Romans 5, 11. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ had made, has made us friends with God. I don't know if you realize this, but you're a friend with God. 
you are friends with the Most High. The one that told the sun to get up this morning calls you a friend. The one that owns the cattle on a thousand hills calls you a friend. The one that hung the stars and the moon calls you a friend. The one that made the earth and all that is within it calls you a friend. So I love L.A. L.A., man, oh, man, I'm telling you in L.A., ain't nothing like going to a holiday party in L.A. because somebody's going to drop a name. Somebody ever drop a name with you? You're like, oh, hey, so, so sorry. You, uh, you dropped a name. It's just, I don't know if you realize you dropped. Oh, you dropped that. The next time you go to a holiday party and someone name drops and you want to get in on the fun, you could just tell them like, yeah, you know, you know I'm friends with God. And BD, baby. It's no big deal, dog. Have you seen these videos where people, they come up to somebody they're like, who's the most famous person you got in your phone? And these people tell them. They're like, oh, I know so-and-so. You could just be like, I have been called a friend of God. I am friends with the king of the universe. He rescued me. I was so lost and so gone and had no idea what I was doing. I was living in sin and rebellion and I did not know how good and faithful and kind God was. And I came to find out that even when I was faithless, God was faithful. Even when I was wandering, his eyes were upon me. You know, God doesn't take his eyes off you when you're doing bad. When you, in fact, the Bible says, where can I go from your presence? Where can I flee? Even if I go down to Sheol, you're still there. The, the, but what the Bible says, even if you go to a Clippers game, God is still there. He's there to rescue all those fans and bring them to salvation. God rescues us and he rescues us. Maybe you needed rescuing this last year. Maybe you need rescuing in this season. What did God save you from? He didn't just save you from sin and death. He saved you from you. Remember, it's not the things on the outside that can destroy you. It's only you that can stop you. And God keeps saving you from your own dumb decisions. And he rescues us time and time again. Look at this next scripture. It's such good news. 2 Corinthians 5, 15. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and raised for them from the dead. See, this is the good news. that It's not just that God rescued me from something. He rescued me for something. The good news is not that I was not just saved from the wrath of God because of Jesus. The good news is I'm saved for purpose. God's got passion. God's got plans. God's got destiny. God's got, oh, you ought to clap today like you're thankful. I'm, I'm not just rescued from the bad stuff. I'm rescued for the good stuff. So the first thing he does is he rescued me. The second thing he does, right down number two, he recovers me. He recovers, or another word to say that is restore. He recovers. Everything that the enemy stole from you, God will restore it back. Everything that you messed up yourself, God will restore it back. God is recovering your mind. He's recovering your spirit. He's recovering your vitality. He's recovering your vision. He's recovering your eyesight. He's a God of recovery. 
That's why I just want to take a moment and I want to celebrate and I want to go crazy for everybody in our church that has gone through recovery and is still sober. Can we just go crazy for everybody? We salute you today. We honor you today. I know people in our church that have been sober for two months. I know people in our church that have been sober for two years. I know somebody in our church that's been sober for 17 years. If you're going to stay that way, you have had to have gone through some recovery. And I lost my way, and, 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 and the gospel of Jesus rescued me. And when he rescued me, he recovered me. He recovered, he recovered, he recovered all the things that I messed up and all the things that I broke. See, the enemy of your life wants to convince you that what you've done is too bad. Where you've gone is too far. Remember when you were growing up and you were learning how to drive and they would teach you when you're going through a stoplight, you've got to break by this point because if you cross that, you've crossed past the point of no return. Some of us feel like I've passed that point. I've sinned too much. I've messed up too much. I've done too much. No, no, don't you listen to the liar. Don't you listen to the accuser. There's no place you've gone that God can't redeem. There's nothing you've done that God can't restore. There's nothing you've touched. There's nothing you've smoked. There's nothing you've been involved in that my God can't recover. He's a recovering God. He's the God of recovery. This is the invitation of Jesus. This is the invitation of the gospel. You've destroyed your life, I'll recover your life. Anybody, when you watch Home Alone and the uncle starts yelling at, Kevin! When the uncle, you know when the uncle, and and he he says, look what you did, you little. Anybody, you feel it in your bones? Like, I feel like that guy's talking to me. I'm so sorry. Look, and you know what the enemy does? The enemy tries to get up in your space and say, look what you did, you little jerk. And, we, and, and you know what all of us do? We all go like this, I know. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. Grace says it doesn't matter what you've done. My power to redeem and restore and recover is stronger. And in your own strength, you messed it up. That's why I had to rescue you. And that's why all I need you to do is sit and receive. I need you to sit and feast. I need you to sit and enjoy my peace. I'll recover your life. Watch what Jesus says. Look at the scripture. Look at Matthew 11. Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch. That's why I need you to teach, teach you the difference between physical rest and spiritual rest. Some of you are physically tired. You need Cabo San Lucas. Some of you are spiritually retired. You need the presence of the living God. Sometimes a nap ain't going to recover what you've done. You need Jesus and his goodness to overwhelm you with his presence. I'm thankful today. I don't just need a nap. I need time with my Savior. Come to me, come to me, all you who are weary, all you are heavy laden, all you who are burdened, come to me and I will give you rest, rest for your soul. Everything you do comes from your soul. Every issue you have in your life is a soul issue. It comes from your mind, your will, and your emotions. God says, I'll recover your will. I'll recover your emotions. I'll recover you on the inside. 
Come to me and learn from me. Watch what he says here. He says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 30. Look at verse 3. It says, God, your God, will restore everything you lost. He'll have compassion on you. He'll come back and pick up the pieces from all the places where you were scattered. No matter how far away you end up, God, your God, will get you out of there and bring you back to the land your ancestors once possessed. It will be yours again. He will give you a good life and make you more numerous than your ancestors. You know what God is saying? God is saying, if, if I can rescue you, I can recover you. If you'll allow me to bring you back into the house of God, bring you back into the will of God, if you'll come back into my presence, I won't just go, good, you're home. Like a, like a puppy that gets found, the lost and found. Okay, good, we got him home. We got him home, good, he's good. No, God brings you back so he can rebuild your life. I had a friend in high school, him and his father, for three years, they restored a 1969 Chevy Impala, cherry red. Three years, just out in that garage, just reworking, reworking. I think some of us get frustrated with God because we come to church, we're like, okay, you got an hour. I still got these issues. What's wrong? No, keep coming to Jesus. God will recover your purity. God will recover your confidence. God will recover your calling. He's a rescuer. He's a recoverer. God wants to recover you today. Write down the third one. He reconnects me. He reconnects me. He rescues me by his outstretched hand. He starts to put a new song in my mouth and recover. By the way, I just want to speak to anybody that you messed up your life this last year. If 2022, you make some dumb, dumb decisions, 2022, you made some bad mistakes. If this last six months or last nine months or last two years have been hell on earth for you, just a heads up, when God recovers you, he doesn't recover you back to who you used to be. He makes you better than you used to be. Oh, I'm telling you today, somebody ought to thank God. He's not trying to bring me back to who I used to be. When, when the Bible says in the book of Job, when Job, he lost a bunch. He lost children. He lost cattle. He lost fields. He lost his friends. He lost, his wife went crazy. He lost so much. And when God recovered him, he gave him double for his trouble. So I want to tell you today, God's not trying to get you back to who you were pre-COVID. He's not trying to restore you to who you were two years ago. God's got something bigger in store. God's got something better in mind. God's got something greater than you can imagine. So you ought to buckle up and get ready for the God stuff that is coming when he rescues you and recovers you. And all of this happens when he reconnects you. All of this happens when you get reconnected back to the source. See, the reason why Jesus needs to be opened is because the Bible says before Jesus, there was a wall of separation. God was on one side and you were on the other. But Jesus came to break down the wall of separation. He said, no more. My children are going to have access to my God. I love that right now I can connect with God. I'm not disconnected from the Father. I am connected with the Father. When you connect with the source, culture's like, tap in. Yeah, I'm tapping into Jesus. Because when I get connected to God, I can do all things through Christ 
who strengthens me. Disconnected, I got nothing. Disconnected, I'm broken than a joker. Connected to God, oh, by my God, I can leap over a wall. By my God, I can do all things. By my God, nothing is impossible when I'm connected to Jesus. In your own strength, you can't forgive them. In your own strength, you can't build that business. In your own strength, you can't build that family. In your own strength, you won't build that career. But when you get connected to God, oh, I'm telling you, God is greater. God is bigger. You are tapping into a source. You are tapping into a power that, listen, God says, if you remain in me and you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. Oh, I just love these scriptures. Look at this. In Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 4, he brought me to the banqueting house. And his banner over me was love. He brought you into his banqueting table. You're connected with the God of love. He didn't bring you into the trial table. Okay, you're back in church. Okay, that's good. It's a starter. Let's see how long it lasts. No, he brought you into his banqueting table. And he threw a banner. You ever be at the beach and you see those banners that go by? And you're like... Dos Equis, we get it, great. I'm happy for that club. I'm not going, thanks, though. You know what God's banner is flying by over you today? I love you. Let's get connected. Look at this next one. John 15, verse 5. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me or connects in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me, you can do nothing. See, disconnected, I'm telling you, you don't got a shot in this world. Connected to God, you got every chance to do what he's called you to do and become who he's called you to become. So he reconnects you. He rescues you out of your own problems and out of your sin patterns and out of your rebellion. And he starts to restore unto you the joy of your salvation. And then he reconnects you and he's like, come on, I didn't save you from something. I saved you for something. And there's only way you can solve this is by being connected. Keep praying, keep loving, keep giving, keep serving, keep reading, keep believing. And you do that, I'm telling you, you're going you're gonna to soar. But you got to stay connected. you got to stay with God. You got to keep on allowing God because without it, it's like, have you ever been on an airplane? You're up in this tube and you're trying to connect to the Wi-Fi. Just the fact that they figure this out to a degree, doesn't always work that well, to a degree is awesome. You get on the Wi-Fi and it's working, you're like, okay, balling. Then it like drops for 30 minutes. You're like trying to refresh forever because you know, if you're not connected, you got nothing. I had a friend a few years ago, he got a, a, a new TV and he got it hung in his house and he came home, he's excited, it wasn't working. He's really frustrated, his wife was home when it got put up, put up and installed and he's really mad at his wife, he's like, well, what's wrong with this thing? He's like, he's like, I paid this guy to do this. And his wife comes, she, he's like, what's wrong? She comes around and she plugged it in. She's like, babe, it wasn't plugged in. Look, it works. He's like, oh, thank you very much. I apologize. I apologize. I, I, you cannot find the power you need unless you're connected to the vine. I'm thankful today. I'm just a branch, but I'm grateful. Come on, this is from God. This is to you. Jesus is the true vine. Jesus is the true shepherd. Jesus is the true Messiah. Jesus is the one that was, the one that is, the one that is to come. I'm grateful. I'm not going to let this present sit under a tree. You got to get connected to God. 
Some of you are like, man, I want to so bad. I don't know how to. The Bible says all those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's as simply as saying the name of Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I confess that I need your rescue once again. From last Sunday to this Sunday, I drifted. I need you to rescue me. I need you to recover the dumb decisions I've made. I need you to reconnect me to your plan. I need you to reconnect me to your purpose. I need you to realign myself, God. Help me get connected to where you're going. Help me to be connected. God, I don't want to sever this tie. You do that, and I promise you, the fulfillment you're looking for cannot be found in Vegas. It cannot be found in a boyfriend or girlfriend. It cannot be found in a promotion or a raise. It's only found in Jesus. When I'm connected to God, and I'm connected in this relationship, I start to feel freedom. I start to feel joy. I start to feel, oh, I'm telling you, you got to get connected to God. Stand with me. Read this last scripture. Mark chapter 8, verse 35. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Let me read that scripture just one more time. Mark eight thirty-five. If you try to hang on to your life. You ever hear that phrase? I'm hanging on by a thread. Holding on for dear life. If you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. See, the question is not if God is good. The question is not if did God get you something for Christmas. The question pending every year is what in return will you give to Jesus? God has given you a rescue like no other. He has given you a recovery that you can't find at AA. He has given you a reconnection that the world dreams of having the power you have in Jesus. you got everything you need. There's only one thing God wants from you. It's you. He wants your life. He wants who you are. And He wants you to give everything you got to this Savior. Amen. Come on, bow your heads. Jesus, we love you today. And we thank you for the good news. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you, God, that you love us and you're for us. And we're just believing on a day like today that we have the privilege not only to say yes to you, not only to receive this gift, but God, we have the opportunity to give this gift. Lord, if we have the privilege of giving you our life, Lord, here we are. We don't want to save our life. We want to lose our life. And Lord, we want to not just receive the rescue, not just receive the recovery, not just receive receive the reconnection. But Lord, we want to give you the praise. We want to give you the surrender. We want to give you our lives. If you're here today and you say, God, please help me recover my life. Lord, I want to recover. I've, I've been broken. I've been hurting. I've been, I've been without you. I want to recover my life. If that's you on the count of three, lift your hand. One, two, three, lift your hand if you want to recover your life. Father, I'm praying in the name of Jesus that you'll help my friends with their hands raised. Lord, that you'll help them know your, your love. God, help them recover from any addiction. Help them recover from any breakup. Help them recover from any brokenness, God. Help them to know your love. Help them to follow your voice. Help them, God, to be restored through and through. We pray confidence coming into this next year. Help them to know your ways. In Jesus' name, you can put your hands down. If you're here and you need to be rescued, 
You say, to be honest, man, I've been, I've been wandering. I've been drifting. I haven't been close to God. I, I, I don't even know where I'm at today. I need God to pull me out of this pit. I need God to pull me out of this situation. I've been in a tough space, and I just thank God that he's calling my name. I can sense right now the love of Jesus. If you want God to rescue you from out of this pit, out of this season, out of this funk, and into his will, lift your hand right now. Come on, just stretch it out right now. Father, I thank you for every hand that's raised right now. Rescue them by your grace rescue them by your power rescue them by your love god we thank you that we don't deserve the rescue but lord you came to seek and to save us thank you that there's no guilt there's no shame thank you that lord there's nothing but grace nothing but love in the name of jesus you can put your hands down last question if you feel disconnected from faith disconnected from jesus you say you know what i'm tapping back into god I, I got to get connected to God again. I want to I know his love. I want to follow his ways. And I just feel like this last season, I haven't been close to God. The Bible says if you draw near to God, God will draw near to you. All you have to do today is just make that first step. And God's going to come running down that gravel road. He's going to throw his arms around you. He's going to lift you up into a higher place. If you want to get reconnected, lift your hand. Come on, lift your hand high right now. Just tell the Lord, Lord, I want that reconnect. I want to be closer to you than I've ever been before. Come on, lift that hand a little higher. Father, we thank you today that there's grace in this place.